Christy Flannery of the Hockey Writers is joining me on today's show to provide me some insight on development camp and her overall thoughts on free agency so far for the New Jersey Devils. If we mention anything about Matthew Kachuk, keep in mind we did this recording before he became a Florida Panther. So much to talk about. Can't wait to talk to Christy. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. Joined alongside me is the wonderful credentialed writer for the hockey writers covering the New Jersey Devils. She's appeared on the show before, and now she's back to talk more. It's Christy Flannery. Christy, long time Hi. no here, my friend. Hi, thanks for that lovely introduction. That's that's great. Thank <laughs> what, you. What a way to talk me up. <laughs> Great, because you've been to development camp, you've been inside the Prudential Center. I know mm-hmm. lots of, has been going on around the Devils organization, but first and foremost, how, how you been doing? I'm good. I, last week, I felt like between the draft to like this week was like a really crazy, intense time, and now things are kind of starting to slow down a little bit. But yeah, it was a crazy, crazy week. Okay, so what were your opinions on the Devils season? Like, like it didn't end too well. But, you know, considering the fact they had to deal with COVID first half of the year, dealt with a lot of injuries. Obviously, there were rumors swirling saying that Lindy Ruff was on the hot seat. And there was just a lot going on in the organization. But what can you say, based on your opinion alone, how you felt the season went for the Devils? Okay, so my opinion is that is this. I think it was really hard for Tom Fitzgerald to sit at the end of this season and gauge what this team was and what he needs to do this summer because I don't think anyone can properly gauge the roster that he put on the ice last October because there were so many injuries, because of the goaltending carousel. Nothing went right for the team. So I think to try and go from there and see, okay, what – plugs do I need to fill like where do I need to go with this team I don't think it was an easy task to do with that being said I think the journal's doing a really good job this summer I think the Devils are doing exactly what they need to do but it was an unfortunate season it was you know it was really tough injuries and you know you don't have good goaltending or consistent goaltending I mean what are you going to do at that point there's nothing that can be done and it it was a tough situation I think for the goaltenders I think from a fan's perspective it's really easy to be like they all sucked like they were all terrible and it's like look at this situation that they were all thrown into like you have Schmid who and, and Dawes who were supposed to be in the AHL who were playing in a completely different league than what they were supposed to be doing you know trying their best and as far as Hammond and Gilly like they were kind of tossed into a really tough situation of like hey, the team's drowning and now we're putting you in the hot spot to try and be like the miracle magic man that's going to like keep this ship afloat. So it was just really difficult all the way around. I would have to agree with you in that regards because it's just like, I'd say Nico Dawes was arguably our best goalie. But, you know, from a casual fan, they're going to be like, oh, Nico Dawes didn't do anything. He wasn't all that good. But I'm just like, look at the facts here. Nico Dawes was thrown into the fire. I constantly say that. He, mm-hmm. he had no business being in that position. And at one point we were using him for 10 games in a row, not because we're trying to overwork the kid, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, we had no choice because it was him, Akira Schmid or uh, Hammond and Hammond was a complete disaster. 
But you're, you're absolutely right about that. And we actually had to use an emergency backup goalie at one point too. Uh, Kyle Shapiro, who's appeared on my show as well. So it's just like the goalie situation just wasn't good when we lost Mackenzie Blackwood, lost Jonathan Bernier. We were just, you know, put behind the eight ball and we could never just climb out of that deep hole. And that was so unfortunate. And I think looking back, I think it really hurt us that when we did have Blackwood and Bernier healthy for that short amount of time, it forced the team to put Wedgwood on waivers. Yeah, I don't... obviously Wedgwood would have been the one that you would have kind of liked to see and kind of try to keep the ship afloat, but it, it all happened. The timing wasn't right. The timing wasn't good for anybody. And it, it was just, it was an unfortunate situation. And it was a really difficult situation. I wouldn't have wanted to been, been one of those goaltenders that was expected to kind of just, you know, save the team and be taught, like you said, kind of tossed into the fire a little bit. Yeah. I mean, no one will blame you. Like, I'm not trying to say like, you know, I... I'm not trying to say like, you know, being a goalie is easy. It's not, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, I think we expected a little bit better. I think our season could have been a lot better had we had decent goaltending, if if that makes sense. Yeah, I I agree with that. So that's my overall stance with the whole goalie situation, which Mm -hmm. is you're absolutely right, which is goalie goalies weren't that good, but at the same time, they weren't really put into a favorable position. Now this leads into sort of my question. What are your expectations for the goalies going into this season? Because obviously we got Vitek Vanacek signed to a three-year deal. Mackenzie Blackwood is supposedly healthy. And now Jonathan Bernier, a coin flip at this point, but I wouldn't mind if Nico Dawes is our third string goalie. Do you think we're set to at least play meaningful games? Because the main question that I think every Devils fan wants to know at this point is, can the Devils play meaningful games come late in the season? I do. I I mean, listen, I wasn't really thrilled with the, when you look at the long-term goaltending situation in New Jersey, when you looked at who was available this summer, I I don't know if any of them necessarily would have been a long-term fit for New Jersey. I think they went a good route where, you know, Blackwood, I think is up at the end of this season. And then we have obviously the other one signed for three years. We don't know what's going on with Bernier. It sounds like he's not going to be ready for training camp. I've seen online, you know, people are thinking like long-term injured reserve. That is, you know, to be seen at this point in time. But I think right now going a 1A, 1B is really smart. I'm not a big fan of the 1A, 1B scenario, but I think for the Devils, it works. Because we have John, we have Mackenzie Blackwood, who is probably out on a mission. You know, he was injured. He didn't really have the, the numbers probably that he wanted. So we have him that's extremely motivated. And now we put another youngster who I think is only a year older or younger than him in competition for that number one. And I think that's really smart because it's going to push both of them. And I think we already tried with Blackwood to bring in the veteran goaltender. We tried twice to bring in the veteran that's going to really help shape him and mold him. And even Hammond came in as like the veteran that was going to try and kind of keep everything going. And that plan didn't work. So I'm not opposed to trying a 1A, 1B where they really have to push themselves to see whose net it's going to be. I want to bring you guys the first and second live read this morning. And the first one comes from our friends at Built Bar. So from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift for your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the puff treatment. That's right. The Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavors you love in a delicious, chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. 
but stop drooling and listen. They are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time, so don't miss out. They are going like hotcakes because they taste amazing. All Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part about Built Puffs, of course, is that they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they are actually good for you. They are the perfect treat, perfect when you've got a craving, you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you need a quick, healthy snack. And they are an excellent source of protein, delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Get to Built.com and order your box of coconut brownie chunk Built Puffs right now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 50% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And now the second live read comes from our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, NASCAR, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sport wagering information from live in-game betting, sources, and podcasts. That They have everything you, you possibly can want. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the actions happening right now. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. If you had to make a prediction, VTech Vanacek put it put up solid numbers for Washington mm-hmm. Capitals. Kenzie Blackwood, like you said, is on a mission, but he might have one foot out the door. We don't know because he mm-hmm. did fire he did fire his agent midseason, which is never a good sign. Mm-hmm. And you know he has expressed his frustrations towards the organization, but I think they're trying to give him a position to win because unfortunately his career is on the same trajectory as someone like Corey Schneider, which Mm -hmm. is injured a lot. We have to rely on him too much. Doesn't really have a suitable backup. We're trying to keep him away from that sort of avenue. But if you had to make a prediction, who's going to play the most games in net for New Jersey? That's really tough to say in July. The only thing that is kind of intriguing to me is you have one goaltender who's out to kind of prove himself, who's on an expiring contract. You have another goaltender who came off of a pretty good season and now is secured with a three-year contract. So you don't know the mentality of someone who's coming, who needs a new contract, who has to play for that contract. I think that is something that should be put into consideration a little bit. I honestly think it's going to be whoever performs more like consistently, to be honest. I don't think you can really say at this point who's going to be who. Um, you would kind of lean towards Blackwood, but if he underperforms or, you know, it, it, it's anyone's net. I think it was her Brooks. It's like, it's anybody's net at that point. When you're letting in that many goals, it, it could be anybody. So I think that's really a hard thing to answer at this point. Okay. So we talked I know about- I didn't answer. <laughs> I couldn't answer it either, quite honestly. Cause I'm just like, you're just going to have to see what happens during camp. You're yeah. just going to have to see what happens during preseason. I get it, but if I had to, you know, put my money where my mouth is, I would say Mackenzie Blackwood. That mm-hmm. that just because he's been with the organization the longest, BTech Vanacek is still relatively young. Yes, he's put up solid numbers for the Washington Capitals, but is it going to get worse? Is it going to get better? Because here's the thing: out in front of him is not the Washington Capitals, not a veteran-led team with a once-in-a-generation type player. Mm-hmm. We are a up-and-coming team who could possibly sneak into the wild card position if all goes well. But, you know, we're still a far cry from the Washington Capitals who are one of the oldest teams in the NHL and have all those veterans. So the difference is night and day between, um, you know, the Capitals and the Devils. But digressing a little bit, um, 
let's talk going into the offseason. What were your thoughts going into this offseason period for the New Jersey Devils? Because there were high expectations. I said Johnny Hockey was on the way, and then he stuns the hockey community by going to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Still haven't forgiven him for that. Um, and now this whole Matthew Kachuk saga is just getting in mm-hmm. more interesting, but highly doubt he goes to New Jersey. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but at the same time, you know, the Devils had a lot of cap space. They had the second overall pick in the draft. There were a lot mm-hmm. of rumors saying, like, they're going to trade it away. They're going to hold on to it. They're going to try to, you know, maybe get Alex DeBrincat or Kevin Fial. They're going to try to get this top-notch player. What were your thoughts going into the offseason? My thoughts were, again, you don't really know what the team that was on the ice last year was able to do. So I didn't expect there to be too many tweaks, like too many major changes and shakeups to the roster. But then again, you don't know, like day to day, things can happen in in the NHL, especially in the summer, you know? So for me, I thought that they were going to replace the assistants, which they did. Um, That I thought was going to be pretty quick, which, you know, ended up happening. For me, I'm like, when I look at what the Devils needed, they needed to kind of increase the, the blue line a little bit. You know, you had Siegenthaler, who had a great season. Nobody really expected that from him. Hamilton got injured, so you didn't really see the true Dougie Hamilton. You know, Graves came in. The blue liner is much big. It's a lot bigger now. For me, I wanted them to focus on their bottom six, on the depth. And I think when you watch the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche in the Stanley Cup final, you realize how important that depth is those Blake Coleman's those Pat Maroon's those Corey Perry's like they all serve a purpose and I think that for the Devils and even like you mentioning Johnny Goudreau yeah Johnny Goudreau listen him Alex Brinkett they're gonna immediately improve a team's top six there's no question about that you have one who was the second highest scorer in the league behind Connor McDavid the other one's a two-time you know 40 goal scorer but that doesn't help the depth and I think for New Jersey a lot of fans said to me you know, the team relied too much on Heischer, Hughes, and Brat. And I'm like, that's I said the exact same thing. I said the exact yes. same thing. We relied too much on our baby big three. Right. But I said, at the same time, if you added Johnny Goudreau and Alex to bring it, the winger is going to probably most likely be with Hughes. That's what people are, or they want a winger to go with Jack Hughes. So I'm like, that's putting more pressure on your top three, top four forwards which doesn't help your bottom six. And even if you move like Sharon Govich down, which to me, Sharon Govich plays his best hockey when he's on a line with Jack Hughes. So I would always keep Sharon Govich with Jack Hughes. If you want the best out of him, you put him with Jack Hughes. We saw it last season. We saw it the season before that. He does not perform as well if that's not his player, but he also isn't that kind of role player either. You can't just knock people down and expect them to kind of be that Corey Perry that you need. So for me, I was like, you need, yes, you need an elite winger, not necessarily an expensive superstar, but you need a winger. Palat kind of falls into that category and you need more sandpaper. You need a bot. You need something in your bottom six. So I know we're going to get into this, but Eric Holla love, love the move because even though he's not a big guy, he's fearless. And that's what the team needs. Have you been listening to my show? Cause you said everything that I've been saying, which is, Get a winger. Great, great minds, man. Great minds. Get a winger. Uh, get more for depth because I mm-hmm. felt as though outside of uh, Brad Hughes and Heischer, the yeah. Devils weren't really necessarily getting that. No. So I was just like, okay, get more depth in that regards. Yes. And then you know try to improve the defense just a little bit, but I felt as though it you know that's a little easier to do, and obviously get a backup goalie, something. Yes. That, that, to help in that regards. Yes. So 
have you been listening to, again? Have you been listening to my show? <laughs> can you, I, I was taking notes on all your previous episodes. I'm like, what can I say? Um, but no, I mean, that's kind of reality though. I mean, even like looking at Matthew to Chuck, right? You have to Chuck and you have Johnny Goudreau. If I'm putting money out and again, oh, these players, they want a lot of money. They want a lot of term for Johnny Goudreau to not be really a hundred percent keen on New Jersey. That's a lot for an organization to give up, to bring him in for that long. And if I can just go on one rant for one second, the thing that drives me insane is that everyone was up in arms when JT Miller was linked to the New Jersey Devils. They said, he's too old. We don't want him. JT Miller and Johnny Goudreau are starting the 2022-23 season the exact same age. Exact same age. I just want to make that point because I don't think people understand it because they were ready to give seven years to Johnny Goudreau, but four to five years for JT Miller, you know, he's too old. We're not going to give him four years, but Goudreau gets seven. That to me made no sense whatsoever. And to Chuck is a different kind of player. He kind of falls into, in, for my mind, a, a Miller category because he has that sandpaper. He is that physical elite winger that you need. He's not just a small speedy guy. And let's be honest, the way that his style of play is, he probably opened the ice for Johnny Goudreau. I'm curious, like Johnny Goudreau on a line with the Chuck might not be the Johnny Goudreau on a line with Jesper Bratt and Jack Hughes, a line of all five foot 10 speedy forwards. That could be a completely, like you, there's certain players that bring out the best in other players. And Tuchuk is where I would put my money. If I was a GM and you gave me to bring it, Goudreau and Tuchuk, I'm going to Tuchuk all day, every day. Why am I even here? Let, let Christy <laughs> host the show. Let Christy host the show. Why, so why, sorry. Why, I haven't why, done, why I haven't, here? I haven't done a devil's like podcast in so long. I apparently have a lot of things to say. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I love it. I love it. Keep, keep, keep going. Just, just a little joke. Um, yeah. So devil's fans, if you, weren't willing to give JT Miller a contract, leave a comment down below as to why and why you were so willing to do it with Johnny Goodrow. You're watching on YouTube here. Curious to hear your guys' thoughts in, in that regards because Christy does bring up a very compelling argument and it's something I've brought up in my show before. Johnny Goodrow in his late 20s, but the mentality I have for Johnny Goodrow is that strike while the iron is hot. And, you know, just like he, he had like 100 plus points last season, one of the hottest uh, wingers in the league. He and Kachuk, that two-headed monster out in Calgary. So I was just mm -hmm. basically like, bring one of those guys here. Now, it's going to be very unlikely that we get Matthew Kachuk. And by the time this episode goes live, he'll probably already be dealt away <laughs> to St. Louis. But, um, you know, the, obviously, uh, obviously, you are right in that regards, which is, you know, obviously, Johnny Goodrow up there in age a little bit, late 20s. And, you know, this was pretty much his last, going to be most likely his last big contract because mm -hmm. by the time it, his term is up, he's going to be, you know, approaching his late 30s. So that, that was his last contract. So I think he had to consider everything to the minuscule detail, everything very meticulously. Yeah. But let's talk about what we actually did get. Andre Pilat, yep. Eric Halla, Brendan Smith, we talked about VTech Vanacek. Let's talk about some of the devils that are officially going to be wearing the uh, red, black, and white. Mm -hmm. Which one do you want to go with first? Well, you're big on Eric Halla, so let's start right there. I think that he immediately helps out the bottom six. I think for Pavel Zaka, and we talked about this before we hit the record button, he needed a change of scenery. I'm so happy that he's finally going to get it, and I'm honestly not going to be surprised if he has a breakout season in Boston. I'm really not. 
he's not a bad player. He was plagued by his draft selection. And that's not really the player's fault. The players doesn't, the player doesn't know where they're going to be selected. That's, you know, the scouts and everyone else that gets paid to kind of make those decisions. So I'm really happy for him. And you know what? Eric Halla, I think he's 5'11". So he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he plays a fearless game. He hits, he's, he, and the thing with him that I think is going to be the most intriguing storyline is that historically he plays his best hockey when he has consistent line mates, when he can build that chemistry. And you saw in Boston from October to January, it was kind of a little bit, you know, scattered, but then once he found that line, he had a phenomenal second half of the season. And for a team that had so many injuries last year, that had so many different line changes and everything like that, I'm curious how he's going to do in New Jersey if Lindy Ruff keeps kind of rotating in and out because we have a lot of players that can go on that third line with him. We have Andreas Janssen, don't know yet if he's going to be traded. We have Thomas Tatar. We have Nolan Foote. We have Fabian Zetterlin. There's a lot of options. We have Miles Woods. That are going to be traded. Yeah, we have a lot of options for that third line because you would think at this point, everyone's saying, you know, that Miles Woods back, the fourth line is going to be, you know, the BMW line is going to be reunited. We're going to have Bastion, McLeod, and Wood. Well, That's not set in stone. I, I just want to address this real quick, and this is going to be real quick, and I don't want to touch on it any further. Mikey McLeod, under a little scrutiny right now, based on what's been going on with the Team Canada investigation, um, you know, hoping for the best, but just want to want to address that, want to address the elephant in the room. Didn't really want to touch on it on my show, but just wanted to um, put that out there. Mikey McLeod is in hot water right now. Nothing's confirmed or denied, but just putting that out there. So the BMW line might not be reunited in that regards, but didn't mean to interrupt you, Christy. No, it's fine. And we also have Tice Thompson. So I think for me, the most intriguing factor with Eric Halla is who are his linemates going to be in New Jersey? Can he find that consistency? Will Ruff allow him to have that consistency? Or is it going to be rotating in and out until they find the best fit? But other than that, really big fan. He's a veteran, and this team desperately needed veteran leadership. And I have no disrespect to Nico Heischer. I think he's a phenomenal captain. I love, you know, every time he comes into the room, he takes accountability. He's a guy that wants to win. But there's nothing that can replace a veteran that's been around and knows knows what it takes to win and knows that mentality, which could actually be a really great segue into Vlad. I said this before, you know, don't no disrespect to Nico Heischer, no disrespect to Jack Hughes, no disrespect to – Jesper Bratt, arguably our three best players, but who's the leader, you know, out there? Like, who's the one saying, hey, that's not your help right there. Hey, I need you to shoot the puck from this part of the zone. Get back on defense. You have to, to stop this guy. You know, things of that nature. Or who's who's rallying the troops or things of that nature. And like you said, it could be Eric Halla. It could be Andre Palat. It could be a lot of those guys who, mm-hmm. and now the New Jersey Devils are no longer the youngest team in the NHL, actually. They've jumped from last position to now like in the mid twenties or something like that. So still one of the youngest teams in the NHL, but no longer the youngest. So just wanted to uh, put that out there. Um, so let's talk about Andre Palat. I guess this leads to my next subject. And I agree with you on Pavel Zaka. I would not be surprised if he has a breakout year in Boston, just because mm-hmm. so many untapped potential still relatively young. I don't think he's a lost cause. I just think that he hit a wall with New Jersey and there was just mm-hmm. no climbing out of it. But now let's go to Andre Palat, who was our big free agent signing, our plan B for uh, the whole Johnny Goodrow uh, fiasco. Mm -hmm. You You can't replace or try to replicate somebody who went to three consecutive Stanley Cup finals, winning two of them. 
he has so much that he can provide this team off the ice. And what I really love about him is I did a lot of research when they first came in, because when you think of the Tampa Bay Lightning championship team, he might not be the first couple names that come to your mind. And the one thing that they said about him, is they said he might be the most underrated Tampa Bay Lightning. Like at, when you look back, he might be one of the best to ever wear the jersey. And I just love that because you don't need to be a superstar. And that just shows how much he does right and it's all the small things that he does right. It might not be the flashy player on the team. He might not have Trevor Zegers' moves, but to have somebody who can do the little things right is so important. And being able to teach such a young team those things, you that there's it's invaluable. Like that is it's a great, great move by them to bring him in on just so many levels. And he is, he does have that sandpaper kind of like Eric Hall. Like that's what you need for this team. You can't have. 12 Jack Hughes are, are not going to win you a Stanley Cup. You need a complete roster. And that's what Fitzgerald's doing. And that's why I love the moves that he's making. It's like Herb Brooks said, you don't need the best players. You need the right players. And when Joe Sackett was talking about Colorado, he said, he goes, we had superstars. He's like, even when we were bad, he goes, they were just developing into what they are now. He goes, it was my job to build around them. And I feel like that can easily be described as the New Jersey Devils. You have, for the first time in years, you have a core, you have Keisher, you have Hughes, you have Brat, you have a lot of young defensemen that are really exciting coming into the mix. You have your pieces build around them, which is why I was of the opinion, you don't need a Johnny Goudreau. I'm not saying he wouldn't help the team. He obviously would, but you don't need him. You have your core. It's not the days where you're trying to attract that player. You have them build around them. You don't need more superstars. You don't want to end up like the Toronto Maple Leafs where you have all your money and four players. And now you're struggling to build around them because Toronto's problem has always been depth. Even Edmonton, Edmonton has a line that has Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, two of the best players. And that's not enough to get them to the Stanley cup final. The Eric Hall is the players that like the Nick Pauls, those are the players that are so important. And I'm glad that Fitzgerald is starting to see that. Glad you're, I, I, I agree with you. Like, you know, I feel as though it's been an underrated uh, offseason for New Jersey Devils just because I know the expectation was Johnny Goodrow, Alex Debrinke, Kevin Fiala, all that. And I, mm -hmm. I, and I, I, I'd be lying if I said I was not, if I was not disappointed that we didn't get um, uh, Johnny Goodrow because one of my episodes was literally me pouting and just me, you know, being kind of bitter kind of thing, <laughs> but um, digressing a little bit. So let's talk about the defense now. Brendan Smith. And then John Marino. So mm -hmm. who do you like? And this kind of bumps PK Subban uh, mm -hmm. of any chance of him returning. Cause now, you know, we've gotten some replacements and seems like his time in New Jersey Devils is now officially closed, but I still mm -hmm. think they should give him another chance, but that's just me. Uh, Brendan Smith and John Marino initial thoughts. When we had the uh, media availability with Brendan Smith. I instantly loved him. And I said, fans are going to just love him. And the thing that I liked about him is, again, he has the veteran presence for the blue line. Not that our blue line is exceptionally young at this point in time, but he knows his role. And I think that's so important for a player that might be like, he said, he's like, I'm a five, six, seventh defenseman. He's like, but when you need me in there, like, like, I know my job, I know what my role is. I know what I'm doing. And I just, for me, it's so refreshing to hear that, especially like, you're not trying to play better. Like, you know what you are. And for him to even say, you know, I think it was when uh, Wilson went after Panarin and all of that chaos ensued, I'm pretty sure it was Smith who actually went after Wilson and he said during his media availability, he was like, look, 
I'm not going out there to try and find a fight. Like that's not how it works. He goes, but if I have to defend my teammate and it just organically happens, that's what I'm going to do. And that's what this team needs. Because again, all their stars are smaller guys. So you do need that person like that Subban, like Subban went in, defended Jack Hughes. You do need that on the team. So I really like Smith. I don't know how many games he's going to get in. I'm not sure how everything's going to shake out because again, you have the veterans that you're that are bringing in. You have John Marino, who's not a veteran. He's, you know, 25, I believe. But you also have in the wings, Ball, Nikita Okahoy, Riley Walsh. So you're kind of wondering how this defense is going to shape up or if those three, you know, at this point, AHL players are going to be trade bait at some point in time. Because you signed, you locked in Marino for, you know, he's in for a few years. So you're wondering kind of how that whole thing is going to shape up or if you're content just kind of letting them further develop in the AHL because they're still so young. So I'm interested to see how that whole thing is going to shape out now that we know Ty Smith is obviously not part of the equation anymore. And for John Marino, I'm going to be honest, I'm, I wasn't as familiar with him. Um, I don't think anyone but, really was. Yeah, but, you know, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Like, I always said that about Colton White. Like, I'm like, you don't hear necessarily, like, outstanding things. You know, you don't hear, like, he's Kale McCarr, but you also don't hear bad things either. And I think for a defenseman, when you're in that kind of realm where you're, it's just, for me, it's like you're doing your job. You're not doing anything on either end of the spectrum, but you're doing enough that you're a steady, reliable defenseman. And that's perfectly fine in my book. So what would you rate this offseason for a New Jersey Devils? Like if you had to give it a grade, because obviously things could still happen. They still, like you said, have a lot of prospects they could trade away. They own their first round draft pick in next year's, or I guess mm -hmm. this upcoming year's NHL draft, except the, the draft happened a few weeks ago. How would you rate this offseason for Devils so far? You know what? I'm going to do a solid, I'm going to do a solid B. And the reason I'm going to leave it at that is because the Devils have, I think, what, 9.6 million left in cap space. And they still have to sign Bratt, Wood, Tice Thompson, Zetterland. I think I'm missing somebody else. So I'm, there's going to, I feel like there's going to be another move at least one more to just kind of, cause we have, I mean, we have an abundance of players. Like I said, we have so many players and there's only so many roster spots. So I do think there is going to be something else in the wings. It's not like an inside scoop. It's just my personal opinion. Um, but I think it's a solid B. I think he's doing a great job. I think he's checking off. Like I said, he's checking off the right boxes that his organization needs, which is more important to me than just going out and getting the best player available. All right. So final topic, let's, you've been to development camp. You've been inside the Prudential Center. Can you give us your best insight as to what you've been seeing and uh, what what you've been uh, leaving the Prudential Center like feeling after you witnessed development camp, wherever the case might be? I feel like for the first time in a long time, the Devils have prospects that fans can be really excited about. I feel like we went through a lull where there wasn't, you know, the prospects weren't really working out the way that we hoped. And it was really kind of a bit depressing for fans to know that there was nothing in the works to kind of come in and replace everybody, especially when, you know, Lou was here and the team was as an aging roster and you didn't really have any young standouts. And I think Devils fans have a lot to be excited about as far as what the prospect, like who these prospects are and what they're doing. I said before we recorded, like Tice Thompson to me is a name to watch. I don't, I know he was injured last year, so we didn't really see him, but I thought he was really impressive when he was on the ice. So I'm really interested to see, what he can do healthy. I'm excited for him to go to training camp. And uh, I'm also intrigued by Alexander Holtz because I think last, he, to me, the black cloud that followed Pavel Zaka, I think slowly is going to transition to Alexander Holtz because he was, I think the seventh overall pick. 
And I know last year I had a lot of fans message me and they were like, you know, he's in the NHL. He looks lost. He's not good. He's a bust. And I'm like, first off, he's, he's very, very young. I'm not going to call him a child. We didn't give him a chance. Very young. We didn't give him a chance. That was a problem. And he dominated in the NHL. Right. And I said, you know, the AHL and the NHL are obviously two very different leagues. And I said, you know, you can't just close the curtain and just say, okay, like he's done. Because obviously when you see, you know, other writers talk about, you know, potential targets for other teams, Alexander Holtz is always a name that comes up. So I think Holtz is going to be a very interesting player to watch. And I'm curious how he's going to come to training camp, if he's going to be ready to go or not. Because to be honest, in my opinion, out of all the AHL like forwards that came up last season, if there was one that if you told me on the last day of the regular season, you need to bet on this player to make the, train, the roster out of training camp. My opinion would be Fabian Zetterland. Just plugging my sponsor real quick. Go to betonline.net uh, to um, place your bet for the New Jersey Devils, whatever case might be. If you play some money um, uh, for them to win the Stanley Cup Finals, I think you'll be a millionaire. So just put in that. <laughs> do not do it, though. Please don't do it. <laughs> just a little joke. So, Christy, um, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this discussion talked all things Devils, talked about the offseason, talked about this past season, talked about the new additions, and basically talked about your experience uh, at the Prudential Center. And I just want to thank you for taking the time to do so. Thank you so much. And if you are going to leave a comment, all I ask is please be respectful. I have no problem with people going, you know, having a different opinion. I'm like, just please be nice about it. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Christy. If there's, a, if there's a disrespectful comment, I'll just delete it. And it's- Just please be nice. That's all I ask. I love different opinions. It's like, it's my favorite. I love having those conversations. And I've been very lucky that Devil's Hands have been very nice to me for the past yes. year and a half. Embrace debate, but don't embrace hate, everyone. <laughs> be respectful. Everyone has- Tagline. different. Opinions. And she knows what she's doing. All right. Thank you, Christy. Thank you.